Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey there, welcome to episode number 142 of the Familypreneur Podcast. If you are new joining us, welcome. I'm so excited to meet you. And if you are one of our long-term listeners, thank you so much for your ongoing support. I hope that regardless of whether you are new or a long-time listener, that you are a subscriber now. Go ahead, hit pause, and hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcasting platform so that you don't miss another episode. We release content three times a week, and it is perfectly curated for the parent entrepreneur who is also raising entrepreneurial kids. Now, let's meet today's guest. She is a wife, a mom, and a business strategist based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. She helps female five-figure entrepreneurs effortlessly scale to six figures without overwhelm or burnout. She's known as the part-time CEO because she only works two and a half days per week, and the rest of the time, she's a stay-at-home mom to her one-year-old daughter, Adelaide. She loves inspiring and empowering women to reach their full potential as business owners. She's the host of the part-time CEO podcast, Janelle Lara. Hey, Janelle. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. I feel like we had a little bit of a bumpy road to get here, but we made it work. (laughs) For sure. So I want to jump right in. I know that you are the part-time CEO. So tell me how that all came to be. For sure. So it's so funny. I always say that the night my daughter was born, that I actually gave birth to twins. So my daughter, Adelaide, and the part-time CEO. So, (laughs) you know, I am just hopelessly in love with business. It's definitely like my husband would probably say that I have an affair with business. I just absolutely love it. Um, It's a passion of mine and helping women build and grow their businesses is a passion of mine. But I also love, love, love being a mom and a wife and specifically a stay-at-home mom. And that was always something that was really important to me. And so I knew that whatever I did work-wise, it would have to work around my family and around just raising my daughter, right? So therefore, I built my business so that I only work two and a half days a week. So I work on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturday mornings and my husband takes my daughter on Saturdays and they have their, you know, father, father, daughter day. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have a nanny. And I share that with you because I want to be super abundantly clear on how I make it all work, right? Because it's definitely not like, this is not a one woman show. And so yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, her nanny comes and plays with her. And then the other four and a half days of the week, I'm a fully present stay at home mom. And um, I love it. So that's really how I came up with the part-time CEO. So you do eight hours on Tuesday, eight hours on Thursday, and four hours on Saturday, pretty much. Exactly. 
awesome. Yeah. And you have issues turning it off. I feel like that's my biggest struggle is that I can't always walk away from business. So on my days off, I want to be like getting ahead or working on totally. something. Do you have that issue? Totally. So I always joke that if I wasn't the part-time CEO, I would be like the 80 hour per week CEO, right? Like I have to put, I just love work. I love what I do. I have to put really strict boundaries around myself, but yeah, totally. So, you know, just to kind of give you an idea of my day, like when I wake up with my daughter, you know, I'm while cooking her breakfast, I'm always listening to a podcast, right? Like I'm always listening to something, um, you know, while she's eating, while she's playing, I will, you know, respond to a message or an email here and there. So I do really struggle to turn it off. However, for the most part, I've set up boundaries in place. So for example, when my husband comes home in the evening time, I really do just keep my phone far away on the charger. Right. And I really do try and make sure that I am completely disconnected. And then also while I'm with my daughter, I've built in like, so I used to be a teacher, right? So we have like morning prayer time and then I'll put on, turn on some music and I have kind of like a structure to how our Mm -hmm. day goes uh, on the days that I'm home with her. And during those structured times, I also keep my phone away from me. So yeah, it's super hard and I'm definitely not perfect, but, but that's something that I think we all struggle with for sure. I love the structured times at home. That was always like a dream of mine, but I'm not that organized. So I envy you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I used to be a teacher and I'm a really, I'm really a control freak. So (laughs) if I don't have structure for my days, it just all gets away from me. And yeah, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but (laughs) it helps me for sure. So how old is your daughter right now? She is 15 months. Okay. So she's not quite ready to be involved in the business yet. No, not quite yet. But I am very much looking forward to that day. Is that something you do? Yeah. All four of my kids have their own little roles. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. I love hearing how other people are bringing their kids in, but not Mm. quite yet. That works. It's okay. It'll come. Sometimes Addie shows up on like calls, like like Zoom calls or whatever. She'll show up. Not not client calls, but if I'm talking to like my VA or something, she'll she'll pop in there. (laughs) And then how did your parents impact your journey? Because I know you come from a a line of entrepreneurs, right? I do. Yes. So gosh, my family has massively impacted my journey as an entrepreneur. So, and I can even go as far, you probably weren't expecting this, but I could go as far as like my great grandfather. So he's actually Lebanese and he emigrated to Cuba. There was like a revolution or something. I'm not quite sure, but he emigrated to Cuba and started a company. And just since then, like a lot of my, even my great uncles, a lot of my family are entrepreneurs. My dad is an entrepreneur. He's a veterinarian and he owns his own clinic. Uh, My mom's an entrepreneur. She's a nutritionist, right? So just literally that set of values that comes with being an entrepreneur, being willing to take risks, desiring that flexibility and time freedom, being, you know, slightly unemployable. (laughs) All of those things have definitely been very much impacted by my family. And I'm really grateful that they understand and, you know, have supported my journey because it's not an easy one. So it's really nice when you have a support system. Was there ever a point in your life where you thought you were on a more traditional role? Like, did you take a, you know, the step into college or Mm -hmm. hold a corporate job at all? Totally. So for sure, I would definitely consider, especially like my family, 
they're they're more traditional entrepreneurs. So like my grandfather owned a jewelry store. My father's a, a veterinarian. A lot of my you know aunts and uncles are doctors in the medical field. So it's like more traditional entrepreneurs. Now with the internet, I mean, our <laughs> options are endless. So my parents, I'm pretty sure they still don't understand what I do, <laughs> you know, being a business coach, but for sure. I, so it's so funny. I went to the University of Tampa in Tampa, Florida. And when I switched my major from business to sociology, which is what I got my bachelor's degree in, my parents were like, so what are you going to be a lawyer? Like, <laughs> what are you going to do with a sociology degree? And I was like, I don't know. I just like it. Like what's, wh- why am I going to go to college if I'm going to study something I don't like? Right. And so that was very like untraditional and very much something that they didn't understand. So, you know, being that you really can't do anything with sociology, I went into teaching. So I got my master's in education or master of arts in teaching. And I taught almost every grade. I taught fourth grade, I taught 11th grade, and I taught all three middle school grades over the course of three years. So the first like fourth grade and 11th grade were my, were my two internships. And then middle school, I taught for two years. And then I eventually worked my way up to become assistant principal. Oh, wow. And I thought, yeah, and I, and I was 24 at the time. And I thought that education, like I was a little rock star. I thought that was my path, right? Like I thought that I was going to be a teacher and then an administrator and I was going to, you know, become a superintendent all before I turned 30. Okay. (laughs) I had this whole plan. I was like, I'm going to be a superintendent and then I'm going to settle down and have kids. Right. (laughs) And obviously that did not happen. You know, I just, when I became assistant principal, it really was an abusive work environment. The principal hired me, you know, because I was young and I was cheap. And I think he thought I was going to be impressionable and he quickly found out that I was not. And so, um, and I just didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't like the way he was running things. And again, being, you know, that's the slightly unemployable streak that I have. I was just like, I can do this so much better. So anyways, it ended up being a really unhealthy work situation. And so I left and that's when I started my entrepreneurial journey. And what did, so what did you start first? Did you jump right into coaching or was there like a middle ground? Oh no, I I ran two businesses between being a principal and coaching. So I, um, my first business was a tutoring company. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, I left that, that position and then a month later I found out I was pregnant. So I was like, Oh my gosh. And it was obviously good news, but also like, I wasn't ready. I was not 30 yet. Right. I was 25. (laughs) So, um, and I, my husband and I, we had gotten married in December. I left my job in January, found out I was pregnant at the beginning of March. So I was like, okay, like I can't, I'm not just going to go back to school and then for a couple months and then leave for maternity leave. Like I didn't think that would be fair to a classroom. So I started a tutoring company and I did really well. I was really well known in my community. I love business. So it just came really naturally to me. I owned several successful businesses when I was like in my teens and stuff, but that was mostly just, you know, hobby and, and, and fun for me. But I kind of, I jumped right into it, right? Like I knew what I was doing. It felt very natural for me. So I was able to get clients very quickly with my, my local tutoring company, right? But I, I realized tutoring for $20 an hour is definitely not me reaching my full potential, right? So Definitely like made a lot of mistakes along the way, but also really found how much I love business. I ran summer camps. I mean, I, I really enjoyed being like creative and creative, creating new offers in the business and the marketing piece and and all that. So when I had my daughter, I was like, okay, tutoring, it's, it's really not bringing in the money. I don't want to hire employees. It's not me reaching my full potential. What else can I do? So I, after I had my daughter, 
you know, I was postpartum. I had gained 45 pounds during pregnancy. And I, I, I literally like was so sick of wearing my maternity clothes. And I looked in my closet and I was like, oh my gosh, I have zero clothes to wear. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wear a maternity outfit for another second. I refuse. But then also none of my previous clothes fit. Right. So I actually hired a personal stylist, which sounds really lavish, but essentially it was just a matter, it was a matter of saving time, right? Like I was like, okay, I have a newborn that I'm breastfeeding exclusively. I am not going to go to the mall for the entire day, walk around. Like I was still, you know, this might be TMI for your audience, but I was still bleeding like 12 weeks after having my daughter. Like I just had a really long recovery period. And I just like, again, literally had no clothes. And I, and I just didn't feel like myself because I couldn't, I mean, I I don't feel like myself when all I'm wearing is like sweatpants and t-shirts, right? So I hired a stylist again because I was like, I need to just be able to show up, try on clothes and leave. Like I can't be away from my daughter for more than a few hours. And that's exactly what we did. So she had found all the clothes and she, you know, had the fitting room ready for me. And I just walked in, tried on clothes, bought them, left. It was the most amazing experience. It was so much self-care. It was just, and it was so much fun because I do love shopping, but again, didn't have the time. And I remember thinking like, I can do this. I really enjoy this. And I, I know that I, I can do this and I can style other people because I, I've always been like kind of fashion forward. And so anyways, long story short, I became a personal stylist for moms and I styled five women again, got clients right away. I mean, it was just really, it came so naturally for me. I just, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the marketing. I really enjoyed, you know, all of it, but styling in and of itself, even though, and that part came easily to me too. The problem was that it was a lot of work, like physical labor. So I had to, again, show up to the mall, you know, two hours before the client showed up. And, and it was a lot of time away from my daughter. It was a lot of like, you know, once I helped a woman shop for her clothes and I would go home to her home and help her style it. And I would organize her closet. And again, it was just a lot of time where I had to physically be present to help a woman with, with, you know, her clothes and her outfits. So even though it was so, so much fun and kind of like a cool story that I don't really tell very often, it still wasn't right. The right fit for me again, for me and for my family, which has always been, and I love that this is the familypreneur podcast because my family has always been at the forefront of everything I do. Like if it doesn't work for my family, it doesn't work for me. So that was not working for me and my family. And so I realized I was like, okay, I'm starting all these random businesses. What is it that I actually love? What actually is my true zone of genius? And I realized that it was business, you know? So now I kind of get my kicks by helping other women start their companies and start their businesses without me having to be the one to, to start them up, if that makes sense. Sure. No, it does. So what stage do women typically come to you? Are they looking for clarity on what type of business they should run or is it deeper into the process than that? No, it's definitely deeper. You know, I'm the part-time CEO, but really my goal is not just that you work 20 hours a week. My goal is that the women that I work with are extremely profitable. So I always say it's a six-figure part-time business. That's our goal, right? And so obviously it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. There's no promises, right? But that is like most, you know, my clients are typically on track to that number within six to nine months of working with me, right? So essentially they come to me when they have an idea and they are 100% committed to this idea. So I, I'm not going to like, don't come to me and just say like, I want to start a business, but I have no idea what it is, right? Like I can definitely help a woman clarify her offer, but she, essentially she needs to come to me with marketable skills. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like I need something to work with, right? You know, you can't build a six figure part-time business out of nothing. So marketable skills that are solving someone's urgent need. I can help you package it up pretty. I can help you clarify what it actually looks like. And typically, and I'm sure you've been through this, Megan, like your first offer is never your last offer, right? Right. And I'm a prime example of that. So it's not necessarily that this is like, you don't have to come to me with an idea that you're going to, you're not marrying this business, right? Like it's not going to be the one that you're going to be running when you're 80, but it needs to be like you have marketable skills and you're committed to doing what it takes to, you know, start and grow this business. So commitment is really the key of when women come to me, if that makes sense. So can you, can you share, like taking myself as an example, some of the easiest example I can think of right now. Sure. I've got an established business. I'm putting way more than 20 hours. What are the first steps to figuring out how to get it down to 20? Mm, that's a great question. So the first thing I would look at is your business model. So how are you serving your clients? What are they coming to you for? And is there a more efficient business model that you can take? Essentially, I think a lot of times people get stuck in the one-to-one for probably too long. I, I think everyone should start with one-to-one. Like any coaches or consultants or even creatives, you need to start with one-to-one. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to stay there for very long is the first thing. And then the second thing I would look at is what actions are you taking in your business that you can delegate? And and you've got just even going through your process of being on your podcast, you've got a lot of automations that it mm-hmm. sounds like, it looks like they save you time, right? And it made a really easy process for me. But a lot of times I think people rely a little bit too much on automations and they automate a business model that they don't like, which just leaves them with, it's still a business they don't like, right? Even though it's automated. So not saying that's you, but I, it, it's really important to select the right business model before you sure. start integrating the automations, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I mean, for me, I started with automating, especially when I didn't have the capital to mm-hmm. delegate. So it was like the automation for me was the first step. And then the second step was bringing in support people to take some of the tasks that couldn't be automated, but I still do have a ton of automation because it does work for some parts of the business in my perspective. Systems and automation is great. And that's a huge part of, again, like being the part-time CEO is having those systems in place. But again, you probably have a much different business than when you started integrating those automations. Oh, for sure. Right. So, and I think a lot of times because we did all the work to set that up on the front end, we're like, oh, I can't really change this because I have to change all the automations and the systems are already in place and blah, blah. So that's why I, that's the first thing I would say is let's actually look at your business model and kind of peel away all the layers and see what is there that needs to be switched. And then you can just delegate the building new systems, right? Because you're there now. And I think part of business is that it does pivot all the time. You know, my business today doesn't look anything like what it looked like last year. And it certainly doesn't look like what it was when I started it because it keeps changing. And I did exactly what you said. I started with one-on-one and then you slowly mm-hmm. transition to other services. So I think those are really great tips and it kind of affirms that I did them in the right order, which is amazing. Yeah. So what are you doing for 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week? Just all the things. I, and I think it's just, I get distracted with shiny object syndrome, you know, like mm-hmm. I want to start new projects. So part of it is I think just myself is reeling myself in so that I'm not getting distracted with new fancy projects. I like staying busy. I think that we have that in common. It's just you're mm-hmm. better at, at separating them out, but I involve my kids that's my way of finding balance is involving yeah. the kids in the process. So totally. I do give myself an extra project. I just wrote a children's book, for example. Amazing. Um, 
they were involved in the process, helping me pick out colors and, of course, reading it to make sure that they enjoyed it and things like that. So I love myself extra work because I like work. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally understand that. And I think that's, and, and you said this earlier, that balance looks different for everyone. Right. And so, and that totally makes sense. And a lot of times I have a little disclaimer. I'm like, even on my website, I am pretty sure I'm like, I help you build, you know, a six figure business while working 20 hours a week or as much as you want to work. Right. Because (laughs) some women are like, well, my kids are all in school and they have 40 hours a week that they want to work, you know? And so it's just a matter of ensuring that whatever lifestyle you're building or whatever business you're building, it works for your lifestyle instead of your life being you essentially being an employee to your own business. I love that. And I like that distinction on balance. What balance looks like to you isn't necessarily the same as what balance looks like to me and neither is wrong. Of course. Absolutely. And my, and my daughter's still really little, right? I mean, when, when she's in school, trust me, I will be the 40 hour per week CEO. (laughs) I I will not be, (laughs) I'll, I'll work while she's in school for sure. Right. So what are some of the, the tools or, or strategies that you're finding a ton of success with right now? Mm. So the first one is setting boundaries. And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't do. I have my work hours. Like just, I describe them to you. Like I work Tuesday is eight to four, Thursday is eight to four. And Saturday is I work 10 to two because my husband, he does Bible study in the morning. So I, yeah, I mean, and it's just like, that's when I work and that's when my calendar's open. And that's when, whenever anyone wants to talk to me or make an appointment with me, it's like, those are the options. And that was from the beginning I set those boundaries. I have a what to expect document that, and in the challenge that I share with your listeners here in a bit, the what to expect document is a part of that. But every time a client signs up to work with me, I I send them the what to expect document. And it's like, here's what you can expect from me. Here's what I can expect from you. Here's how you can get in touch with me, right? And I highly recommend that everyone do this, right? Because when, when I hire a service provider, or, you know, when I, when I choose to work with someone, I, I want to be respectful to them and their time and, and, and everything. I, I don't think, I think there's very few people who go into it. Like, let me get as much as I can out of this person. And I want this person responding to my emails and not tucking their kids into bed, right? Like, I don't think most people are like that. I think people want to be respectful of you and your time and your family. And so I set those boundaries and I show them, here's where the line is, right? Here's where, you know, here's what I'm perfectly happy and excited to give you. And, and here's what I'm, what I'm not willing to sacrifice, which again is, is my family. And so my clients are the best, right? Like they're ridiculously successful and respectful and and wonderful. And so I don't, again, I think it comforts them to know kind of where like that line is. So I would say that's a system that works really well for me is just like, it's set in my mind and very clear in my mind. Like these are the hours that I work. And even if I might sneak away, like on a Sunday and my daughter and my, and my husband are napping, I might sneak away and like work on my website or whatever, of course, but it's set in my mind so that I can really clearly communicate with other people. Like this is when you can get in touch with me. Now tell me about the, the challenge. Is that what you call it as a challenge? Yeah. So I have a 10 day, 20 hour challenge and it's essentially, it's 10 days and every day for 10 days in your email inbox, you get an email from me and it's essentially like, here's how I am the part-time CEO. Here's how I manage my work week. Here's how I work 20 hours. But there's also a bunch just about 
how, like, here's how I manage my family. Like, here's how I plan out my dinners. Here's how I, you know, handle the housekeeping or whatever. And so a lot of that has gone out the wayside since, and you can see me, Meg, I I broke my arm skiing. So (laughs) a lot of it's just like, we're doing takeout, you know, (laughs) like, so, but aside from that, it's, I, I I really do share like, pretty much everything that I do. I even share a lot of the softwares that I use to automate really just how I manage to keep my work week under 20 hours. Awesome. Well, I love that. And I respect that you're able to do it. We've talked a lot about your, your business, your family. And I know we talked about your daughter and your husband has come into the conversation a little bit. Mm-hmm. What does he do? So my husband is actually in dental school right now. So he, we're really young. We're in our twenties. So he is in dental school. That's why we moved out here to Salt Lake city. And so he's kind of pursuing his own thing as well. And I just have to say that the only way that I'm able, and I, and I, I like to reiterate this and I want to make this super clear that like, this is not a one woman show. The only way that I'm able to do what I do is because I have a team of people and my husband is like the main, if the team had one person, it would be my husband, right? Like he is like literally carrying us on his shoulders. I could not be more grateful, um, you know, for him, but he is a very present father, a very present husband, right? And, and that's something that I make sure of when I'm working with women, I'm like, how does your husband feel? Is he supportive of your business? Right? Because you will never have a successful company and balanced family life if your partner in life is not on board. Right. And so marriage is really, really important to me. And that is definitely something that, that I always like to talk about. So my husband has been abundantly supportive of me since the beginning, you know, from the $10,000 loan that I took out in order to start the business. And a lot of people don't know this, but when I started my business coaching company, we were on like government assistance, right? Because I had, my husband was a student and I had lost my job, right? So I started my tutoring company, but it was, I mean, and then I had my daughter, so I wasn't able to work as much, right? So I literally, we went from having like no money to me being like, I'm taking out a loan to start this business coaching company And I mean, from the beginning, he has supported me and been willing to invest, you know, financially and time-wise, like he would take my daughter when I needed to work or what have you. So again, it totally doesn't happen alone. We co-parent. I mean, he, like a couple nights a week, I'll give her a bath. A couple nights a week, he'll give her a bath, right? Like he's very present and there's really no action that I take in the home that he's not willing to take, if that makes sense. So I really, I'm really glad you asked that question because I really want to, to make it really clear that, you know, to be the part-time CEO, I mean, I, it's not like I'm that Pinterest perfect woman that's doing it all. Like I, again, have an extremely supportive partner and, and team helping me. So now does he have a similar entrepreneurial background, like in his lineage, if you will? Totally. So his dad's an architect. His mom is a hairstylist. They own two salons. My husband helped run their salons. Um, his brother is, is an investor. I mean, yeah, we, we've got entrepreneurs all over the place in our family. And that is, you know, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's like, you've got to be a hearty breed to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> right? Because it is like, there's just no guarantees. It's a very high risk profession, right? So it's so helpful that that everyone understands kind of what we're doing and where we're at and, and why we live the lifestyle that we live. And is he, is his vision set on traditional dentistry? Like he's gonna. 
Yeah. So he, I think so. I think he's going to, you know, work for someone for a little while and then own his own practice. I think traditionally, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to look like any other dentist that you go to from the outside. Um, He has a lot you know, in his heart, he wants to do a lot of mission work, which sure. I'm really excited about for him. But definitely in the way that we run the dental office, it's not going to be traditional. So the way we do marketing, the way we do hiring and, and the systems that are within the office, I will have a big say in that. And it will not be, will not be traditional. It will be definitely uh, much more modern. So have you guys worked together in a business endeavor before? Like, it sounds like you're going to have a formal role in the dentist's office when that comes around. That is such a funny story. So no, we have not actually worked together um, on purpose just because I don't like mixing business with family in that capacity, but it's so funny. So on our first date, he told me that his dream was to run a dental practice and have his wife, like he works as a dentist and then his wife like runs the practice. And I straight up on our first date was like, I'm not running your dental practice. Like that is not... I was like, that is not what I grew up wanting to do. Like, that is not what I'm here to do. I probably will have a formal role, just like obviously as co-owner and and having very strong opinions about how a business should be run. But I'm definitely not going to be like the office manager, which I think was what he was initially (laughs) thinking. And I shut that down very quickly. You don't want to be his receptionist? (laughs) (laughs) If you can believe it, no. (laughs) No knocking receptionists, just not the... No, definitely not. And you know, I, yeah, (laughs) running a dental office is not in my, my dream career, but definitely supporting my husband and being like on his team, the way that he's been on mine is definitely something that I want to do. So in some capacity, maybe not a receptionist capacity. (laughs) It's enough being his, it's enough being his formal chef. (laughs) At home receptionist. Right, exactly. That's so funny. So so you guys support each other really at home, but you're keeping that boundary pretty strict so that you're not formally working together. I think so. I mean, I don't know what like the next 50 years will hold, but so I'm in INFJ, INTJ, Myers-Briggs. And just in both of those personality tests, it's like we do not work well in teams. Like we really enjoy you know, working on our own and, and really just like, I love serving women and, and the way that I show up to serve women. But in terms of like how I work and like quality control and, and all that, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the best team player. So (laughs) it's probably best for all of us that, that I just work for myself. (laughs) I have a super small team. I have like one VA and, and she's really, she's all I need. Otherwise it's just intimate, independent contractors. And I'm, I'm really happy keeping a a small, small company like that. And that's good. I, I feel like it's good to illustrate the importance of knowing what your own, you know, whether it's a personality assessment or, or whatever, but knowing what your boundaries are, knowing what your limits are, knowing that everybody's perfect is something different and it's okay. Like it's, I I interview a lot of parents, a lot of adults, families who Mm -hmm. are very intimately involved. And there is some of that that sometimes looks appealing, right? Like to your husband, probably he's the dentist and maybe you're the office manager and your daughter grows up to be the receptionist. And then it's just like your happy little. It's so idealistic. Right. Right. Totally. And I think like, and I think that works. I mean, I know like Rachel Hollis, for example, her husband, she brought her husband into her, yeah. her business. She wrote Girl, Wash Your Face. 
right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's so amazing that that works for them. But I think, you know, thinking about my personality and my husband's personality, and we're we're both, I mean, we're both leaders in our own right. And and I wouldn't want to take that away from either one of us, right? And and I, I just think that you need to, and this is again all of being a lifestyle entrepreneur, all of being a part-time CEO means is what does your ideal life look like, right? Like what does balance look like to you? What does your ideal business look like? And that doesn't have to match anyone else's definition and you get to build that. And so knowing yourself and knowing what you truly want, I guess, is really the first step. Well, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to share your brilliance with us. And I'd love if you could tell my listeners where they can learn more about you and grab your freebie. Oh, for sure. Megan, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun conversation and I love being in your Facebook group and you are so, so amazing. So I just want to just say thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, so you can find me. My website is JanelleLara.com. You can also just find me on Facebook. I love connecting with, with, you know, people who listen. So you can even just hang out on my personal Facebook. It's Janelle Marie Lara. Um, but the freebie that I have for your listeners is the 10 day, 20 hour challenge. So you can just go to JanelleLara.com slash familypreneur and just grab it there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm sure it's going to be a big hit. And again, I just appreciate your time. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me, Meg. You'll find all of the links mentioned in this week's episode and the show notes at megbrenson.com slash 142. I love everything that Janelle talked about, and I definitely think that her freebie, her challenge, sounds interesting to me. I know that I I love working, right? And I love bringing my kids into the business with me. But there are definitely days and weeks where I feel like I spend more time in my office than I do anywhere else. And I would love to get to a point where I am comfortable with only working 20 hours per week because I don't think I'm there yet. So I, I really encourage you that if you have that same feeling <laughs> that you take advantage of this freebie and let's let's see what it's all about. Let's see how we can decrease the amount of time that we're working in our business so that we can spend more time doing the things that we really want to be doing, like playing with our kids. Like Janelle mentioned, we have a active community at the familypreneurcommunity.com. It's a free Facebook group. If you are not in that group, we would certainly love to have you join us. Um, and you can interact with Janelle right within that group as well. Again, head over to familypreneurcommunity.com to access the free group. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And we'll talk soon. Have a good one. Don't miss my mom's next episode. Bye.